0: What's up, everybody? It's Tanya, your host. You are watching On the Town with Tanya. I am here today with the director of Downey Side. Uh, he is also uh, the in charge of the Children Need pa- Needs Parents Campaign. Excuse me. Please welcome Brother Terry. Hello, Brother Terry.
1: Well, hello there, Tanya. How are you today?
0: Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much for uh, yeah. for taking the time to come and uh, be with us. We appreciate you. Um, so, so children, we're talking about children today, foster children. Um, I also probably will touch a little bit about homeless children. Um, like for instance, how you got started. Um, I think it was, as you said, it was 77 or something when yeah. you first started encounter homeless children. So tell us how you got into this whole, um, thing of working with children.
1: Well, I was, um, looking for something to do after college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to sell copiers is the way I put it. Um, and, um, I also didn't want to be a monk or a, a social worker, mm-hmm. but I lucked out and I, I joined a, a volunteer group that placed me with Down East Side, which is a, an adoption agency for adolescent kids. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with the mission. Um, there's something about, I grew up in an intact family and I can still to this day cannot comprehend. hmm the, the notion that a kid would grow up without a family. Right, right. And I met kids who were growing up without families, and it it just, they need families. Yes, you know?
0: touch your heart. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those kids that grew up without a family at first, and so then I got lucky and got to a good home, and uh, would have been adopted, but some things went left, uh, you know. Two of my brothers were bad, I'll just say, and uh, so it went left. Uh, and I chose not to be adopted at that point cuz it would have been awkward uh so um, but but I agree that children um need family first um versus group home life
1: well what what you suggested is that there was an emotional adoption mm-hmm. you got connected to somebody yes. i don't care whether you call it adoption or schmoption or foster care or or uncle and aunt or or Pete and Susie or or Susie and Susie or whatever i mean she's, as long as people are connected. Yes,
2: yes, and I still have connections
0: awesome. uh, with the with the, most of the family members. Only two I don't. Obviously, one's dead, and one I don't really deal with. Um, but the rest I do. So the connection is everything, uh, and that's why it's important to have a family because they teach you the world connections that you're going to need to make in right. order to progress and be a you know a well-rounded
1: human being. I'll say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Well, I'm I'm 67, and I'm a Catholic friar, Franciscan friar.
0: Now, tell me about that friar. Just okay. Explain the difference. I think I know, but I don't want to, because I I lived with nuns. I lived with oh, nuns okay. on Sixth Street. I lived, and there used to be a convent there.
1: Yeah, I know was, what agency it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I used to be one one of their girls. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. Of the girls. Yeah. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm like a male nun, basically.
0: Right, that's what I thought, but okay.
1: Yeah, and um I'm not an ordained priest. I'm mm-hmm. a monk, or you know, I'm a friar. Technically, I'm a friar. Okay. Um, and it, it gets really complicated um, and no. and boring. You
0: know. <laughs> Actually, it's not boring to me. My my oh, brother, okay. my foster mother was a minister, first woman Oh, minister. okay. Yeah, so I'm a I'm, I'm a bible girl and i know all the, all the whole i mean i i became a buddhist i'm a quaker now but i still oh, cool. have all my values Quakers, on, yeah yeah i all yeah. my values are on the mm-hmm. basic principles of, of all right. basic religions right. I mean, it's nothing it's uh, people make it into this big thing and i'm like uh, do you believe are you going to follow are you going to do the right things Period. are you kicking
1: old ladies down the stairs
0: right exactly you know? the right thing we don't have to go into details right know? right
1: but Everybody's God. got different opinions about what happens when we pass. And and
0: it, and it doesn't matter. It's what did you do while you were here?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: That's, that's the part that kills me. I'm like, why are we having this conversation cuz it doesn't matter what you did. What what you know, if you're di- if you died or you're dead, it doesn't matter. It's what did you do when you were alive? Exactly. Were you helping people? Were you kind? Were right. you giving a word of cheer? Were you, you know, what I'm saying like that's that's everything. And if you're yep. not doing that, then you're not of any kind of God at all. And you shouldn't, no one should, I can't stand when people say, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm this, I'm that. And then they do things that totally negate that. I'm like, right. so you didn't want to help the homeless man because he's homeless? Or you didn't want to, when you had the chance, I'm saying, not just randomly going around helping people, but when you had the opportunity, you wouldn't even do right, what right, God right. would have done. You yeah. know? So that's, that's my thing. But I have a great respect for the for um, especially nuns, I'm, I'm obsessed with nuns in a good okay. way. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well. Um. So you um you came through Downey side through Friar Paul. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell
2: us about that. Yeah.
1: Well, he um he was another Capuchin. Like I'm, I'm a Capuchin Franciscan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um you've heard of St. Francis of Assisi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he started an order, and Father Paul was. Mm-hmm also a Capuchin Franciscan Mm -hmm. following in the footsteps of St. Francis Mm -hmm. and St. Francis was 800 years ago. Mm -hmm. And he dealt with lepers who in the time of St. Francis was Mm -hmm. um, they were ostracized. They were like the lowest of the low. Mm -hmm. And father Paul realized that we treat kids who are in the system like the lowest of the low very Mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. And, they don't have a voice no. and he grew up in a family like I do. He had seven, six brothers and sisters. I had five and we, this Irish Catholic thing, you know, and he couldn't comprehend either mm-hmm. um, that kids would grow up without a family. That mm-hmm. just, and so um, one day he was working in a church um, mm-hmm. which is what priests do. Mm-hmm. And um, this kid came up to him and said, Hey, Father, I'd like to join the, uh, I'd like to become a priest. Mm-hmm. And so Paul asked him, and it turned out this kid was homeless. Oh, uh, wow. Wow. And so he introduced this kid, whose name was Brian, mm-hmm. a woman by the name of Margaret Downey.
0: Oh, so that's, that's what
1: Downey. side, yep. Oh, wow. And they adopted each other. They didn't fill out any paperwork or anything <laughs> like that. There wasn't any judge involved. Right. But they adopted each other.
0: Wow, that's amazing. and
1: um, that's how Downey Side got started. And so, adoption is an important tool that we use for many, many kids. For most mm-hmm. kids, okay?
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and but it, it's it's important that the families and the kids get connected on an emotional level.
0: Very important,
1: that's Very. That's, the, that's the crucial thing. Mm-hmm. The paperwork is, is, is uh, it, it can be important, but mm-hmm. it's not nearly as important as people's feelings and, and, and feeling safe.
0: Very crucial and very important. Um, yes. is, that, is that what the campaign is about? The Children Need well, Parents campaign?
1: The Children Need Parents campaign is, is a spinoff of Downeyside. Okay. Uh, Side has two purposes. One is to place kids
2: okay. for
1: an adoption agency. And the other is to educate the general public about the situation. Okay, And I've come to the conclusion that we don't have to have kids who are waiting for family. Mm-hmm. There's about a million kids who are displaced in the country today. Yes. You know, there's a half a million kids in foster care and juvenile justice. Mm. And then God only knows how many kids on the street. Yes. I
0: heard okay. like 4 million worldwide.
1: It could easily be that. That's um, I, I don't know the, the international stuff, but the national stuff is a lot. The thing is, that we don't have to sit here and say, oh, well, too bad that there's all these homeless kids. Mm-hmm. We could find families for every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Agree. You know, um, we find the average age of the kids at Side Places is about 13.
2: 13, wow.
1: There are families who will take in kids who are 15, 16, 17-year-old with brothers and sisters and, you know, two left feet and green eyes or ground, right. uh, name it okay there is a family for every single one of these kids most of the kids could go back to their birth families first of all
0: right right and that i'm so happy you say that because um and one day we're going to have a round table discussion about this but that's a big thing is like um a lot of times if they just did the other work um they would see that um you know, there's little things that just need to be done, like mom, maybe send her to rehab. Maybe, you know, maybe that. Um, like,
1: like $500 a month. If you're short of $500 a month for a couple right. of months in a row, right? you are in danger of losing your kids.
0: I know. It's crazy. It's that simple. It's crazy. Um, and it also, a, well, sorry.
1: When no, you- there was a story about Dasani. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that story in the New York Times uh, about six weeks ago, or a little girl named Dasani, Oh. And it was and it was um about a girl who got placed in a in a, um, a really fancy school in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. but then everything fell apart in her family and there was a there was a telling line in the story that um, because mom got sent away because she was some it was a complicated story I mean none of this is simple and but dad lost the apartment. Because he didn't have the money to pay the heat or the electricity.
0: That's crazy. That is just crazy. What
1: is that? $200 a month. He lost the apartment. Lose the apartment. The kids get separated and go to foster care. That is crazy. And what happens? It goes down the toilet from there. Yep. And if we had just simply given that guy two, $300 or whatever, I don't know what the money was.
0: Whatever it was. Right. Yeah. No, I totally get it. It would have been um, avoided.
1: Yeah. You know, um, and um, the, the 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 families are not. No family is is like I don't know who are the. I grew up with with the uh, Oz, Ozzy and Harriet and all those guys. I don't know who the the good families are today on TV. I got to find out. Um, <laughs> but you know, we have these TV images of the perfect family. There's no such thing. No, there is no every every family in the world has got. Uncle Harry.
2: Yes.
1: You know. Yes. Um and and there's nothing wrong with Uncle Harry, but he's he's having a moment, you know. Yeah. And yeah. um and so every family has its moments. Um some families are really not doing well, okay?
2: Yes, I know. We have
1: come a long way if if you take a long look at it. Say mm-hmm. let's go back a hundred years ago and people could beat their kids half to death and it would be all right. Mhm. We are to a place today where we will protect those children. You can't beat your kids, no, okay? No. But, you know, it's it's really hard to raise kids. It's it really is. hard to raise any kids under any circumstances. I don't care how much money you do, don't do have, whether you have a doula or a schmuler or, you know, a nurse or somebody to help you with kids. Right. It ain't easy. No. It stands a- to reason that some people are going to just not do well right okay so we stand prepared families who are not getting it together Mm -hmm. we stand prepared to make a decision but in foster care that decision takes one two three four five years to make the decision and that's really bad for kids to wait for that long
0: I know I waited all my life. <laughs> I waited from five. Well, the first time I went in at three, but I don't remember that time. My cousin had to remind me. And then uh five till eighteen. And then, mm-hmm. the, then I signed myself back in until twenty-one because I didn't have I was like, I really don't have much. What am I gonna do? But right. after dealing with abuse uh uh from nine to fifteen, it was uh it came to the realization like, oh, what is on my own? Because I was ignoring every lesson that was being given to me because I was so focused on the abuse. Right you know? So I right. had to really get it together and start my own therapy and really, you know, say, OK, we're going to hone this in. And modeling actually saved my life.
1: Oh, really? OK. So,
0: ironically, don't ask how, but I don't know how I didn't fall into the pitfalls of, uh, of, excuse me, of Lucifer at that point, because, you know, that business is very cunning. So I'm lucky that even with my trauma and my abuse, that I wasn't one of those that took it and used it, sent it to the other place that was trauma and abused me. You right know? right yeah Blessed. i don't know how that i mean i know how god i totally god totally mm-hmm. god guiding me and i had no idea it was him guiding me mm-hmm. um but, but there's so many times i think back of deals that were offers that are made and you know but i was always like nah that's i'm good thanks you know no matter how much okay. money you offered me you couldn't get me to do whatever you want me to do i'm not okay. that never it's just never been in my character but also because of my abuse I was very stingy upon you know my values. That was okay. the last thing I had was my values, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it worked in my favor, but I know that's not usually the case. I so am-
1: no, no. I mean, there are there are people who get past and get beyond, um, but most of us. I'm. I mean, I'm. I, I'm a basically normal individual. I'm in the in the 50th percentile or whatever you. I don't know what the numbers are, but I would wound up either I. If, if what happened to me had happened to Joe Bollock, no, the other way, if what had happened to Joe Bollock had happened to me, um, I'd either be up in the tower with a rifle or sitting in the corner playing orange. You know, I'm an orange. Leave me alone.
0: Tell me um, about that. That's the book. Uh, Doesn't anyone consider suicide?
1: No, it's not it? a book. That's, that's a comment that Joe Bollock made to me. He looked at me and he's and this is how I learned about what this is about. Mm -hmm. Joe was a kid. He had been in um, 21 placements by the time he was 18. Hello. Who deserves that kind of treatment?
0: 21. Wow.
1: You know, and by the time he was in his fifth placement and he was probably six, he realized that it's war between me and them. Mm -hmm. And what's he do? He kicks people in the teeth. And what do they do? They say, I don't want to be kicked in the teeth. Get rid of the kid because they were told. Right. They were told they could get rid of the kid if it doesn't work out. Right. And that's not something that I tell families. You can't get rid of the kid. It, it's not it's working out. I don't care what it looks like. No. It's working out.
0: That's horrible. And and but the fact to get rid of the kid, I had a friend, um, my friend well, um, my ex-boyfriend, Brian's best friend, and um, you know, he was one of those kids that you know was so sad that he was adopted and the adopted parents gave him back you know, he ended up, uh, um, ODing somewhere. I think it was, some, yeah. you know, uh, but I was like, how do you go? I mean, we used to be like, we're your friend. We love you. But it was like, you know, what were we going to say? You know, what, what are we going to say? You don't have no other family, nobody else. What am I going to really say to you? And that, that to me, you should never be even thinking about adopting a kid. If you have any conception in your mind that you could possibly like give them back if they don't right. work. out. Like that's not, it's not a product.
1: Well, the, the system that surrounds, the systems that surround the kids mm-hmm. allow that right. and perpetuate it.
2: Oh,
1: um, I, I don't want to go there. I, I just I got
0: you. I got you. you know,
1: <laughs> Joe was a beautiful, beautiful kid, and I failed him because I did not find him a family. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the people who didn't make it.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. You know, but at
1: one point, at one point, he looked at me and he said, doesn't everybody consider suicide? As though, you know, hey, today is Tuesday, the sun is shining, um, Joe Biden is president, uh, Bill Gates runs Microsoft, and doesn't everybody could... And I said, oh, my God. Wow. I want to touch with something here, because this kid's world is is such that he fights that all the time. And there was nothing wrong with Joe. I mean, it wasn't like... Um, God bless us. Are people who have like depression, right? Physiological depression, right? And they grapple with suicide. Mm-hmm. This wasn't Joe. Joe wasn't depressed. Mm. There was absolutely nothing wrong with Joe, although he probably had psychiatric diagnoses up the wazoo. Yeah, they always and, give us that. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. It's not me.
0: I'm glad my foster mother wouldn't have it. She was like, no. She doesn't need anything. I mean, she was old school too. She, was like nothing but a good old spanking won't help. <laughs> and right. they were like, "You can't spank her. That, that's to taken away." She said, "If you, he said, if you want to take all the kids back, be my guest." But I'm going to, I'm going to teach them the way I want to teach them, and they'll be fine. Yes. Trust me. And she was right. I hate to say it, and I, I'm a Quaker. I wouldn't, you know, well, I'd maybe spank my kids a couple <laughs> times but under confession of the mom, but nothing like, you know, severe traumatized. Really?
1: And there is a difference between a spank and a beating.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I wouldn't do it now if I was having kids, but at that time I didn't know any better. What, what do you do? I mean, you know, it worked. Well, for me. I only had maybe, I don't know, three spankings in my whole life as a, kid, yeah. as a kid with her. So it wasn't like, you know, every week. Cause I learned not, I know by just the way she looked at me, hmm, man, I want to try that today.
1: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know. And it was and, okay. And I remember I got spanked once. It was one of the funniest things ever. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. Um, because my little brother was getting spanked with me uh-huh. and um, my little brother starts screaming, Oh daddy, daddy, it hurts too. Much. It hurts. Too he hadn't even hit him yet. And he said, hey, it hurts. I can feel it already. I can feel it already. You know? And so I started laughing and he, so did my father. And I said, hit me now while I'm laughing. No, you didn't. I, I could, did. I yeah. Could
0: I could see you doing that. So, oh, hit me.
1: Yeah. It was great. You know, it's a good spanking. <laughs> you know,
0: that's hilarious. I had a brother like that. It was like, yeah. oh, hey, I'm ready to take a gun. I was like, what are you doing? Like, you're anticipating this. He's like, God, I know I did wrong. I was like, you just you set yourself up for this great thing. Yeah. You know, like, I at least he had owned up to it. I mean, right, right. That's the thing. But um, yeah. So so um, you had said something. Anyway. else. um, oh, go ahead. Finish um, finish that
2: statement. Well, I,
1: I, I, it's um, just a funny story. But the thing is, it, there's a lot of families. Mm-hmm. Um, families will take tough kids. And there are some kids who are beat up and they're traumatized and their behavior is not comfortable. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, some families have to put their kids in jail.
2: Oh, God, it's horrible.
1: Because, I mean, there's certain things that you're not allowed to do.
0: Yes, but also, but but are they keeping in mind the severe trauma? I mean, there's kids who have been severely sexually abused so bad that I can't even believe they're still alive, honestly.
1: Exactly, yeah. I'm
0: like, whoa, you are what I call a miracle.
1: But visit the jail. Visit the jail. If I your kid goes to go jail. jail, go to the vi- jail and make sure the jail isn't abusing the kid. If the kid has to go to a hospital, visit the hospital. Make sure the doctors aren't abusing the kids. Yeah. That's what parents do. Yes. But. that's what families do mm. and so there are tough kids and there are families who can deal with the tough kids mm. but there's not that many of those relatively speaking there's 83 million families in this country right it mm. comes out to .01% of the families Right. taking a kid and we're good to go
0: mm.
1: it's but people are not dumb right Families are not going to take a kid when you've got social workers coming in mm-hmm. to tell them how to do it,
0: right? Yeah, not- but that's just that's a catch-22 because it's like, here's the thing: I think it, it's a win-win if you find a family that really sincerely was called to God to be parents. Like, that's that's just it. Not, yeah. I, think I can make some money, not. Well, let's just try it out, dear, like a vacuum cleaner. That's not the kind of person you need. They need people that say, this is my mission. I'm going to change a life somehow or another, and that's what I'm going right. to do. That's what they need. And there are a lot of people out here. We're just not finding them. The people that they need to scrutinize, they don't. And the people that they need to say, well, all right, hmm. maybe it's a single lady. Maybe. Well, now they did open it up so a single person could adopt if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They make it. They make all these crazy uh rules which are good ones to, to protect the kids but people still get back past them like like Steinberg got past with Lisa and he was a lawyer because he was a lawyer everyone just probably said they'll we'll just sign off on all his paperwork because right. he's he's a lawyer meanwhile he was abusing this poor he was girl. he was also white well that oh, it was good well see I'm hmm. glad you brought that up because that's a whole nother can of worms so I mean okay if I can tell you from the 50s I've been researching from the 50s to now oh my gosh they uh, they'll snatch a black kid out of a home quicker than you can say sneeze blue yep,
2: exactly yeah. Yeah, it, was, yep. it
0: was it was i mean what's her name the reporter did a story on it uh uh finding finding what's the name of the girl finding
1: lisa or finding no, um i have the book over there uh um, yeah yeah yeah
0: i forgot yeah. the name of the book but she was a new york times it was a new york times bestseller and she was a reporter um, and she did about the first case of this girl. What's her name?
1: It's on the tip of my tongue.
0: Yeah, I can't remember. But you have an idea what I'm talking about. But when I saw that and I and I I talked to people in Australia who were adopted, people who were in mm-hmm. uh, Ireland, and it's a different beast over there. Like parents were like 15. And so if you get pregnant at 15, you know, the first thing going to do, because they don't believe in abortion, obviously, is they're going to send you to that home with the mom right, right, and right, you right. live there, have the baby, quickly get the baby off and go adopt it. So they may not have really even wanted to have the baby adopted, but they were adopted um because you weren't having a no baby in this
1: household. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And yeah. so thankfully some of that is loosening up.
2: Yeah, it
1: is. Um, families are becoming much more uh flexible.
0: Yes, that's a good word.
1: Flexible. Than they were Say in 1950, the the i or the the image that people have mm-hmm. of what a family looks like mm-hmm. is changing. Yes. Some yeah. people are screaming that the life is going to hell in a handbasket.
0: <laughs> well, it sort of it sounds like it is, but I thank God I have faith.
1: Well, you know, um, we we've, we've got movement, we've got forward movement. I think. Yeah. Um, we do. And and and. It's. It, it, I don't know. It's. It's complicated. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm an optimistic person.
2: Yeah.
1: In large part because of the people that I've worked with over the course of the last umpty ump years. Mm-hmm. Um, the families who have taken kids, the 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 good ones, okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them. Trust me. Yeah. There are a lot of them. You can't play with them. Mm-hmm. You got to tell them the truth. We tell them. You know, in side, you're going to not want to do this at some point. Mm. These kids are going to make you nuts. Mm. Mm. And you have to go through that issue because it's not the kids, it's you. Right. It's you. You've got to change your your whatever you got to change. Change it. So (laughs) change it. What's the big deal? Your hopes, your dreams, your expectations. If they're unreal, get real ones,
2: Mm.
1: you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and people do that. They change themselves. They 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 change to meet the needs of the kids.
0: Well, that's that's um, that's a very I mean, that's any parenting. I think when someone becomes a parent, they have to change to meet the needs of the kids, too. So it's it's realistic. Um, yes. What do you think about this? Um, so, um, you know, I was talking to some former foster youth who we all started nonprofits. I have one too, not uh, foster kids. eight. Um, and we try to provide non-traditional services for child foster youth, like gift boxes, scholarships, whatever. And somebody else does um, mental health with them and mm-hmm. pay bills and stuff like that. So everybody has different things that we do. But we were trying to figure out why agents, big agencies never call us to be in on the foster parent parent trainings uh, because we can give more insight than they will ever have in their entire life. and 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 so they pay all these people big time money to come in and I'm like, they don't, they were never even in foster care. Like how are they going to be able to advise on this except for the technical paperwork part, which I know it's all about paperwork a lot of times. um, So that kind of sucks. And I mean, it's going to always be, you have to have a paper trail. So I'm not saying we don't want that. I'm just saying it's like that when it comes to training a foster parent or adopted parent, there's certain things that like, I I wrote a book. So I'm in foster care, making it work for you. I wrote a book and and I'm like uh, some people, about 300 people have read it. So that's fine. That's great. And I had a mm-hmm. social worker, and I had a writer, a known writer, say this needs to be a handbook guide for foster youth and for anybody, right, right, right. a any kid, because you get to go into my mind, and and it's not just my mind. I've talked to thousands of other kids who've been in foster care to see how did you feel when you were five? How did you feel when you first went in? How do you? you know? I get all the the data, and and just just for myself, I was really collecting. It wasn't even for no massive thing. It's just mm-hmm. important to know if you don't, if you can't if you can't see visualize or see where this person who whose parents just left them with strangers is coming from there is no way you're going to be able to good luck i'll say good luck
2: right right your
0: mission it's going to be a hard mission and it would be so much easier for half i'd say i we would cut it in half if they were to say you know let's have teams of 3 former foster youth who are doing nonprofits now let's have them in and we'll have them as a panel because I do a foster kids panel every year for my event in May, um, mm-hmm. and we'll say that it really helps a lot. I had everybody always leaves one to adopt when they when they leave because it's like okay, not all foster kids are bad, and even if they had an issue, like I had an issue, but I don't abuse kids. Why? Because right. I had therapy. Mm-hmm. Because why? Because I well, a I knew better, but but I don't. You know, I did all the due diligence that's needed to do as a human being to make sure that myself is correct. On my mental level. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody, most people don't do that. Right. And and I can tell thoughts to parents and and adoptive parents who are scared to take older kids don't be scared. My mother got me at seven. Most people say, no way, I'm not taking a seven year old. Why not? I was the best kid she ever had. Sorry, guys. I'm the one <laughs> I am had to tell you that in Nashville or whatever. But yeah, but I'm the best thing ever. I mean, literally, yeah. I never gave her trouble. I never went to jail. None of us went to jail. Well, no, well, one for something was stupid, but nobody ever went to jail. You know, no, I, I mean, there's some others had issues. Serious obviously, evidence, obviously yeah. if I got abused, two people had issues. So that's another story. But I would turned out a good kid, consider, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So you can take a kid of seven and train them in the way in which you want them to go.
1: You could take a kid at 15 yeah, absolutely. and live life as time goes on. I mean, it's it's not I try to help people understand that they're not trying to fix a kid, right? Exactly. That's- they're trying to live with a child. Yes. You know, if, if the child is burning down the house, well, that's that's a tough road to hoe. Yeah. Take the kid by the hand, go to the shelter and say, Don't do that again. Right, you know. I mean yeah it, it's it's not this is, it's just like life in, involve this child and this child's family or these children's family right. in your life right. expand your family and and make sure that you're allowing your children your new children right, connections to the birth family
0: yes and that's so important like um, you're you're hitting on all the angles of, of I talk about it in my book um but that's so important um and and your siblings, well, not your siblings, the, your your new adopted child with your birth family, right. That connection also is very crucial of how that dynamics played out. and it's very very important that everybody knows their role. right. Often, oftentimes it's assumed that. Like, oh, yeah, well, that's Aunt Janie, but but Aunt Janie may be a little seven thirty, and and nobody's told the kids. So he's like, she's so perfect, she's so great, and then she does something crazy, and they're like, oh my god, I can't trust this person. Now mm-hmm. they hate everybody because right. I wasn't warned about Janie. You see what I'm saying? So there's there's so many layers of um, adopting and taking kids in, but it's not bad or nothing to be scared if you know right. all if you know all the players and you know all the all the rules.
1: Right. I'm saying you know
0: everything about it, then there's nothing to fear.
1: Right. But the only way to learn everything about it is to do it about 10 times.
2: (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) You know, um, it's my sister took in some kids Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful human beings, Mm -hmm. beautiful human beings. Um, one, one, uh, One of them was really severely traumatized when he was young. And so he, didn't express it all that gracefully. And um, it was for some trying times in my sister's family. And they were experienced parents when they took these kids in. And they said, this is hard. This is hard. I thought I knew what I was doing, <laughs> but they didn't. No, when that, so,
0: especially when it comes to trauma, that's a specific um, tailored, um, how do I say, that's a tailored, and actually I'm going to try to make that my niche because I'm very good. At working with traumatized children that's like a thing that's like a thing of mine i didn't even know i had the gift but it's it's a special gift that i have and i've been able to use i used to be a substance abuse counselor but I my work in different modalities let's just say but Mm -hmm. traumatized kids always draw to me like glue but because i give them tools that they can work with that not not just some dumb thing that people say oh it'll be all right or you know get over it or whatever the typical responses are um, or the, the, my favorite is what's, what did she say? Um, my favorite is, Oh, how do you feel about that? It's like, how do you think I feel about that? I don't, I right. don't have any emotions. Like, you exactly. know, so yeah. yeah, I, I can, I can assess quicker where a kid is in their trauma. And then that's really where you do the work. Cause if you don't know what stage they're at, or if they've buried it so deep that they just refuse to acknowledge it. Right. It's going to keep coming out in school, hitting Tommy, knocking Tommy out. Not about yeah. stealing, whatever you know. What I'm saying, yeah. So, so it's important to know all those elements, and I don't think I know at least the basic foster care. They don't. I can't explain it. I sat in. I was gonna do a, be a foster parent, and I sat in. I was like, oh wait, there's no way I'm gonna sit in these because I know way more than the trainers telling. And I and it's just sad that I have to, that I have to tell her like, why aren't you telling them X, Y, and Z? And then right. I listen. Some of the parents i'm like they're not i wouldn't even have them on my potential list but i have a i have a gift to see things that other people don't see so maybe that's why maybe that's not no. why i'm, I'm kind of not good because i can right away cut out all your crap i can be like yeah no. that's not going to work and i can tell you no. why you know mm-hmm. um, but there's just some so many layers to this it's not just get a kid and you and they got a home and be happy uh-huh. it's not that simple It's no. it's got to no. be a perfect fit of the family feels that they can provide love and that it'll be a benefit to their family to also blend this love into their new family soup, right? It's right.
1: The, I mean the notion I, I shook my head at perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Um I it, it's that's troubling to me. Um in the sense that we sit there and first of all, in when it's done improperly. Mm-hmm. Um I'm making the decision as a social worker as to what's the perfect fit
2: right.
1: and this family and this kid, I think are going to work. That's tappy, Okay. Mm. That's people will use the language, perfect fit mm. in that situation where the social worker is making the decision. And that is not, that can't be a perfect fit mm. because the principles involved are the family and the kids. They're the ones who should be making the decision.
2: Mm.
1: There it is. And, you know, I look at the, the marriage rate. I mean, there's a lot of divorce going on. And these are people who are like saying, I'm not going to get married so I can get divorced. They're, they're saying, I'm going to get married so I can stay married. Right. And then they get divorced. C- we, we don't have a algorithm to say, well, this is going to work. You got to be ready for the messy. Well, the long haul, I call it. The yeah. long haul, yeah, you're 100% right.
0: That's what it is. And nobody wants the law hunt because after all this stuff going on in society, especially with COVID, nobody's got the attention span to be that focused that long. That's kind of how I equate all the catastrophes going on, earthquakes and weather things and just weird fires in California and the Amazon, like weird Mm -hmm. things going on outside of just you. Right Now you got to bring this, all this other element into it. Nobody has, they just don't have, we want to have it. But we don't. Right. And with computers and being on computer, we want immediate gratification right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we
0: can't have it, oh, well, get rid of it.
1: Right. Right. Sad. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is that there's a lot of people who can do it and are doing it and will do it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Definitely. You know, there's there's a lot of horror stories about foster parents who are doing it for the money or for the wrong reasons or to yes. lose the kids. Yes. But I think the majority of foster parents are doing mm. the best they can mm. for the kids with the tools that they're given mm. by a very broken system.
0: Yes, it is. And, well, with the broken system, that, that I remember you said that in something. The broken system, this is the thing. We've been saying the broken system for since the fifties, I don't even know. And, and to me, it all boils down. Doesn't that come down to the people who run the system? And they're usually all the same people running the system, sadly. Yeah, say. They look not, a lot
1: like me for just not, <laughs> for
0: nothing. But. I wasn't going to go there, but that is true. Somebody too.
2: has to say it. Yeah.
0: That is true too. It is usually, I mean, I'm trying to think of all the people I, all the systems I know, uh, it is male run, uh, white male run. I oh, think. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Yeah. I think so. I'm trying to think of who does not.
1: Well, Gladys Carrion was running ACS for a while.
0: Okay. So Gladys, she, yeah. was,
1: she was a woman of color.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was one other person I thought. Um, but
1: Oh, uh, Mr. Little. Um, okay. um, um, Malcolm X's brother.
0: Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So he, I'll say, yeah, say that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but,
1: I, I, but they don't have the resources that they need. And if goodness. they ask for the resources they need, they get fired
2: right mm. okay
1: wow. the reason a study ever done on the systems that, yeah, doesn't say, that doesn't say it doesn't have enough resources but that's it that into a money it doesn't have enough money
0: but no but it has plenty of money it's just the money they don't get trust me when i tell you i did some research there's money it's just not going into my hands and your hands it's gonna the top the top up they make a lot of money a lot of money and that's what that's what that's the part of the system that I'm still mind boggled by. I'm like, you got people making 150000 a year. They're getting their bonus and everything. And I, I went to speak at a place in Ohio. I was so shocked. I spoke to about 300 kids and I went. And these kids were a lot of them from an indigenous community. They were um, foster youth and um, they had like jeans from like the 70s on. I was like, why? Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not trying to be funny, but why does everybody have clothes on that like right out of like some movie from like the 70s? And they were like, "Oh, we don't get allowance. We don't get this, and we don't get." That. I said, "What? You don't get? What about your clothes allowance? You don't get a hundred dollars a month? No, we don't get that here." I said, "Please tell me you're you're just making that up." So I went and asked the counselor, and she's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, they don't really have any money." I was like, "But you got nice clothes. You're driving a nice car, and I'm sure you live in a nice house. So how's that possible? That means that whoever's over right. you, it lives an even nicer life, and a nicer car, and a nicer. Right. You know what I'm saying?" So I but said,
1: you gotta, you, "Tanya, you got to take a step back from that." Okay. Because Yes, I understand that there's a disparity between the different levels, mm-hmm. but people fighting over Trump change is what it is. Okay. Because if if you look at family court judges in the city of New York, yeah. they've got caseloads in the hundreds. Mm-hmm. You look at the social workers across the country and they've got caseloads and no brag. Oh, I've only got 20 cases.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's like 150 people that you're trying to manage. Mm. That's not possible. You can't do that. What we have to do is double and triple the number of staff right. And then we have to train them right because the kind of training that you could provide,
2: mm.
1: they're not getting. Mm. They should be on a familiar name with, with Tanya right And with some of your your colleagues who grew up in the system mm-hmm. and with other foster parents who know what they're talking about and adopted parents who know what they're talking about, mm. you know those are the people who taught me, right you know if i'm able to evoke anything that that makes sense to you it's because people like joe boluck and other foster parents and adoptive parents have taught me Mm -hmm. okay but it's expensive to train people like that relatively speaking
0: yeah but when i think about like um this person was trying to get me to open a group home and it was like i looked into it and i was like they were willing to pay something crazy like ten thousand dollars a month for like per kid or something crazy i was like how much are they out of their minds where is this money coming from so i know there's money there's money i don't know where it's going to but it's somebody high yeah, up I, money because they ain't gonna think, do the job for free i already know the people that run these kind of corporations they will not be doing they, they're not that nice
1: well you can't you can't do it for free because well,
0: see i do my work for free i i do my charity for free and i know when the people get high up way i'm talking about way high up they're not doing it for free, which tells me this money is somewhere because it's somebody. I bet you if I went through everybody's budget through a fine to clone, I'd find all the money. And and that's the part that kills me. Not just it, – they it, it can't say which agency or nothing like that. I'm just saying so a lot of them, I'm just – they're shuffling dollars around and they're getting dollars. I know for a fact they're getting dollars. I know people working. Oh, yeah. with they're getting well, money, I mean, but the kids right. ain't getting the money. And no, they're the not kids putting it get. into the foster parents and they're not putting it into the social workers.
1: No. No, yeah. So sad. I take the minority position in this, and I I don't think there's enough money in the system. Okay. So, um but they I might mean, we, we it have out to for be... the retirement. So what?
0: They might have taken it out for their retirement. I'm just like Yeah, they. You know,
1: I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not an accountant. Never was. I know. I'm really. not an
0: accountant, but I've worked. The, I've seen. Oh, I've seen some, some Well, i I've, I've,
1: I've, I've seen the numbers too. You yeah. know. Um,
2: interesting numbers. <laughs>
1: if you look at the big picture, you'll see there's just not enough money um, to do the kinds of things we should have three or four times as many social workers right. who are being trained by people like you.
2: Right.
1: You know, and so we should pay people like you to train the social workers. Oh,
0: it would be so much easier for them and less expensive because <laughs> what they do is they hire contract people out and they charge them. I I've, I I've, they used to I used to have somebody. Um, get the contracts from the state, right? Mm-hmm. And they would hire me and pay me less, of course, to right. do the same thing. I was like, "Why would they hire her to be in charge when I already know how? I know everything you need to know." Right. And I and I got extra tips because I've been in the system. I've worked the you know worked for the system. I've been all three angles, so yeah. I know what everybody needs and what will mm-hmm. make everybody happy. But yeah. they, they still bypass us. Like, eh, that doesn't matter. And I said one day. When it all collapsed, they'll be coming back saying, "Where are those from you That because we need to figure out how to get this to the right level." I just thought well, it. it's like it's like if I I wouldn't have a bunch of men um, tell me what to do with kids either because I'm like, you need one woman, at least one estrogen, just one 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 piece of estrogen. You need one estrogen. To come on, I mean, you need a mom. So I, it, that's just, that's how I feel about foster care. They have all these people running it. Uh, and I'm talking at the highest level, um, running it, and they're not even considering the people that really know all the little fine holes that are in it. We can see it so clear, and but right. I so it says to me they don't want to fix it. That's that's what it says to me because it just not, and that's not every agency. That's just
1: right on the mega level, we don't want to fix it right. because it's about brown and black kids. Definitely. I mean, that's on, on the, the top, top level.
0: Oh, I know. Um,
1: and um, and I'm not even talking about the people who are running the system with names.
2: Right. I'm exactly. talking
1: about society, disvalues mm-hmm. oh, women absolutely. and children of color.
0: Absolutely. And you know how I know? Whenever I do... Whenever I do for my organization, whenever I do fundraisers, I got people that give more to cats and dogs before they give to my kids because they assume that all my kids are black, which they're not. So right. and I and my and my my other kids, you know, they do get way more services than the other kids. Mm-hmm. And they know they know why. We know why, but it is what it is. That's it America. Is. You know, yeah. it's
1: a, it's, well, America. <laughs> but on the other hand, I'm thinking back when I started working in, in child welfare, people would not admit that they had been in foster care. Wow. Adults were ashamed of having been in foster care because there's something wrong with them. Yes. And there's something wrong with their family.
0: Yeah. Well, a we lot of people- to come
1: to a place where people such as yourself can mm-hmm. say, yeah, I was in foster care.
2: hmm
1: And what of it? Or whatever your approach is. Yes. Um when I, when I started, people didn't know that kids bounce from home to home to home.
2: Yes.
1: Not a clue. Most of the time when I'm talking to people who don't know anything about foster care,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a lot of them, right. they're aware mm-hmm. that kids bounce from home to home to home. Mm-hmm. So there is slow but forward movement. I mean, right. that's 40 years of banging the drum.
0: Well, you know? I mean, here's the thing. Like, so in my community... I reach out to like the churches when I can, because I know there's a lot of people that don't know anything about foster kids. Right. So every year I have an event and I invite people that I know have no idea, like the seniors group at the Presbyterian church or the so-and-so. Right. And I speak for the Katona, such and such in this place. I speak for those people and I, and I don't even charge anything. I speak they, sometimes I give me stuff, but I don't, I don't care about that. I care about, do you need, you need to know the message because you never know when you're going to encounter a foster youth or a youth without a parent. Right, And if you encounter them and you don't know what to say, that might be the prevalent moment that changes their life for good or for bad, either mm-hmm. way, flip either way. And that, and I say that because as a child growing up as young as five, I remember every adult that I encountered that was a bad experience, meaning that they just ignored me or that said, hi, how are you today? What are you doing? And, and they recognized me. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. So, so it's so important. Um, so, so many elements of this is just um, important. Um, but I'm invite glad.
1: me to your next event, please. Oh,
0: absolutely, May at the end of May every year we do the same. We had a, a foster survivor book panel. Everybody had written a book. It was fabulous. Really? Oh, it was Why fabulous. We, we recorded it and we send it out when people need it. It was fabulous. Okay. Yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah. And we're going to do it again this year because we find that people really learn in the community when they hear each of our stories and they learned something like one lady said i she actually came into the meeting when i with the la, this time we had to do zoom last two times because of the pandemic but uh um, the last one before that a lady was just walking by and jogging and said yeah she just wanted to go in so she went in the library and she came past the room and saw all these people like 80 people sitting in there sometimes mm-hmm. 100 depends on what, what i'm doing and um she stopped and she heard something with foster kids and adoption. And I just so happened to have a lawyer uh, speaking about adoption um, that 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 year, and mm-hmm. uh, she stopped and she she said, "Can I sit down?" I said, "She was in jogging clothes." I said, "Of course." So she sat down and she stayed through the whole thing. And when she was done, she was like, "I'm gonna. I've been wanting to adopt forever, forever. Like it's been a thing, and right. and like the spirit like called me here." The, and I just—I normally never stop when I'm jogging, but I just stopped. Something to go in, and I went in. And then I looked at the book. Then I heard this thing talking about foster kids. And I said, "Well." Then I came in and sat down. And this woman said everything that I needed to know. Thank you. And so she took her card and she said, oh, "I can arrange adoption for you. And we don't charge." Look at that. She would right. never. She said, "I didn't never knew the information I needed to know. I have a few mm-hmm. people who tell me that I don't know, okay. like, you know, right. in, well, that's
1: knowledge." I mean, when when somebody calls calls us up and 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 they're saying I'm interested, mm-hmm. I assume that they probably, unless they've had the experience,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they don't know much about this at all, you right. know. And mm-hmm. their their hopes and dreams are based on God only knows what, um, right. but it's it's not based on the needs of the kids, right? Mm. Once yeah. once they get introduced to the kids. Mm then they can have a realistic belief and hope because you got to be hopeful when you walk into it. You know? Um, and it's the kids who tell the story. Mm-hmm. I can't tell a story, right. you know?
2: Right, right. Um, well,
0: tell me about this. Um, you said this quote, um, the academic world has yet to catch up onto the foster care to prison pipeline. Tell us right. about
1: that because
0: that's that's big.
1: Um. I mean, I'm not an academic, so I can't speak for the academic world. All I know is when I went through school, which mm-hmm. was just a few years ago, relatively mm-hmm. speaking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they didn't talk about foster care. Yeah. You know, because I, I took my MSW at, at 50 or 55 or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they didn't talk about foster care. It wasn't an issue.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they still don't. Wow. At this particular school. Um, much less talk about the fact that a lot of the people who are in jail were in foster care or should have been, you know? Um, yes,
2: it's, it's like, like, I forgot I the position. I,
1: I would have gone to jail except for my parents wouldn't let me. You know? <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a high number. I forgot the stats on it, but it is a high number. I worked in a jail uh, and um, yeah, a lot of people that I taught to had been somehow touched in the system somehow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but it's almost like it. it they say you can actually tell um, uh, uh, the cops can actually tell which kid will be uh, coming to see them by a certain age. I forgot how they Yeah, they, I mean they, it, like just the fact that you even think you're in your head that you're going to pre-plan it is crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> It's like, yeah. They're like oh no, it's not I'm pre-planning. It's just that there's certain um, things that are shown that so they will definitely be in jail by this age, and I was like, "So you, you basically have pegged them out." And I hope the kids know this and say, "I'm gonna show you right." I'm gonna show well, you. No, the right.
1: kids know it, so they agree and they go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope they start changing that around because yeah, that's, yeah. I would. I would. I. I think I became a success because I think, I, in my head, I assume people would think. I would end up a heroin addict like my mom or something, you know, I don't know how they would think that because I was a kid, but whatever. In my head, I'm thinking like, oh, uh, you know, what am I going to be? You know, it wasn't until my foster mother started putting other dreams and realities in my head that I said, oh, okay. Just because right. that's her fate doesn't mean it's my fate.
1: Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, my, and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and you come from no good stock and you're going to be no good yourself.
0: Yes, exactly, and uh, even though, even though, thank God, my mother, my foster mother, never. We always, t- she always told me, you should be very happy that your mom, you know, was was unselfish enough to to know that she couldn't do the job, so she wasn't one of those like, yeah, your mom, that she would never. Oh no, she was very. I, I I have pay. I pay homage to my mother quite often
2: because mm-hmm.
0: the fact that she didn't try to have an abortion, okay. right? She knew she was a heroin addict. So what are you gonna have a baby for? So some people say, well, that's horrible. But I was like, hey, it's horrible, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so I'll take uh yeah, right. having me over being nothing, you know, yeah. I'll take that over over being not being born. Cause if I wasn't born, I know a lot of people would be dead right now. It would never have been actually in existence. Uh so
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, as much as I, you know, everybody has their down days, but I've never had no down day that bad because I I know my life has value.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And most people don't, most foster kids don't know that.
2: No,
1: because nobody told them. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I mean, I know my life has value because I was told a lot of times, a lot of different ways, right? For a long time.
2: Right.
1: And it still occurs, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm 67 years old, and thank God I got good health, but yes. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I don't have a husband. I don't have anybody in my life because right. uh, right. I'm like a monk, you know?
2: Right. <laughs> right. right.
1: But I've got nieces and nephews, right?
2: And brothers oh.
1: and sisters. Oh, you that's. Know? and i've lost three brothers oh so. and it really hurts yeah. and they i haven't lost them mm. i still have them you'll see them and my my uh nieces and nephews keep me sane
0: oh gosh how, you, many, how many you have i saw a
1: lot um, about 45 i think that was the last oh, count. i'm not sure gosh, that's um, crazy yeah. wow i mean wow <laughs> but they, they keep me sane i mean it's 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 not like when I turned 18, then I didn't need family anymore.
2: Right.
1: No, I'm, I'm not 18 anymore. And I really need family. I need it more than I did when I was 18.
0: Yeah. I see that too. As I get older,
1: I didn't, I didn't know much when I was 18, I was ignorant little kid. And Mm -hmm. my parents, well, my mother, she watched out for me, Mm. you know? Mm. And, um, I remember once my, and I tell this story all the time. So, um, I was I took a year off of college right to find myself? Well, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I think I found myself by now, but mm-hmm. when I was 22, after the year, I hadn't found myself, and my mother was not well and she was too sick to deal with an idiot 20 year old kid. Mm-hmm. So she told my big sister to tell me to go back to college. My sister calls me up and she says, You got to go back to college, Ma said.
2: <laughs>
1: Ma. I said, uh, Okay, <laughs> and it was like Here's a 20-year-old kid, and I just went back to college. And it was a lot right. simpler in those days um, to go back to college. But you know, that's what it took. You gotta right. go back to college, Ma said, and that saved my life. I don't know where I'd be, I don't know if I'd be alive.
0: Well, look at that. And see you there, see the the importance of a sibling. Yep. And that's that's another piece of foster care. The sibling sibling separation drives me insane. <laughs> because um, as your sister was able to coerce you into doing what was needed to be done because the matriarch yep. was sick and couldn't yeah. do the, the, the banging out of like, come on, kid, let's get it together here. Uh, she couldn't do it. So the sister did it. And, th- and now imagine if we don't have our siblings. The, our right. siblings keep teach us so much. Of, actually, everybody in the family has a dynamic role. I mean, we learned this in addiction, but just in general in foster care, uh, a lot of people don't realize everybody in the family is a very intricate role in that human being developing to the highest height that they can. Mm-hmm. So if I don't play my role as auntie or sister or cousin or brother or sister. That, that, that's a ball dropped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So your sisters could have said, I ain't doing that, ma. I got to worry about my own life. She could have been like selfish and like, I am gonna do my own thing, but she stepped up her game and mm-hmm. you were like, you really respected her, obviously. I was afraid. <laughs> Fear does wonders. I know. Jesus, you know,
1: it worked, you know. Was
0: afraid. I like that. <laughs> if you're watching sister, he's just playing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I
1: wasn't afraid, Pats. No. no.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. But she's well, one of my like
1: heroes, you, actually.
0: I can tell because you wouldn't have listened to her if she wasn't. There's no right. way you would you would have did total opposite.
1: Well, yeah. it was it was also my mother had put 20 years of discipline into me. Hmm you will do what you're told child.
2: Right. That's how
1: This decision has been made for you. You're not making that decision. You are going to do what I said.
0: That's the way it was.
1: And that's the way kids need that. Kids need that because like I was, I was, I was a good kid, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't making good decisions mm -hmm. because kids will not make good decisions because they can't. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's how they're designed.
2: Exactly. They're not designed
1: to make good decisions. Right. You know, right. I mean they do in, in, in certain contexts, you know. Would yeah. you like a peanut butter jelly sandwich, or would you like a peanut butter sandwich, or would you like a jelly sandwich? That's your choice. <laughs> it's, like,
0: it's like uh <laughs> that's but you can't to say, it.
1: yeah, you can't say what would you like to eat. Right. You you, you narrow it down, you know, for a five-year-old.
0: Exactly. No, exactly. It's they guidance need guidance so so t- anyway. um what do you see uh for foster youth in about five years like what can we do as a community to protect them first of all and nurture them and gu- and, and guide them to their divine greatness
1: um on the macro level or mm-hmm. the the micro level uh, you got you got micro. A okay well um Micro is we need people to reach out to the kids the mm-hmm. way the kids are. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody can be a uh, a mentor, can
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay, be a mentor. Mm-hmm. But if you can raise kids,
2: mm-hmm.
1: go get a couple and raise them. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. it's it's it is complicated, but it's not complicated. These are kids that need families. And there's a lot of them, you know, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah. And. If you get a kid who should be back with his birth family, get the kid back to their birth family, right. you know? And the social workers and the judges, let them understand, you know, you gotta educate them. Right. But if you've got a kid whose birth family has fallen apart for the next 10 years or whatever, hold on to the kid and help the child reach his or her or their beautiful, beautiful legacy, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. On the macro level, I think we have to do two things. I think we had to triple the budget, yeah, going back to that discussion. Mm. But you know what we should do mm-hmm. is we should stop giving kids to the government. Mm. Mm. If we stopped giving kids to the government and gave kids to people mm. Mm. we would change the system immensely. Giving custody of a child to the government is like giving custody of a child to Microsoft or General Public or General Motors or or Apple Computer Company. Mm. They can't raise kids. No. The government can't raise kids just because it's called the Department of Social Services doesn't mean it can raise kids. The government can't raise kids. People raise kids, all right? And so if we were to eliminate custody by government. This is like uh, three people in the world know this, understand this Mm -hmm. um, and agree with it. So it's a minority position. But if we were to eliminate third party custody, governmental custody. um, uh,
0: Would that be privatized then? No. Oh, no. Okay. That was like, wait a minute. So who would be the, so if a parent's kid could not be with them anymore, who would be the person? You
1: know what I'm saying? Um, Foster parents give them legal custody.
0: Uh, Okay, you could do it it.
1: temporarily, you could do it temporarily, right? You could do it for a weekend. That's true. Who's who's in charge of this kid now? If the government,
0: some cases where kids got adopted and the agency had no clue. That, uh, that the parent, let me see how I get it right, that the parent had um told the kid to leave. And um so the kid's been out there and they're getting money for the kid
1: <laughs> for yeah, a long there, time. There are people who should not be adoptive or foster parents. Yeah. Okay. That's clear. The system is not screening them out very well, is it? No. No, no
0: it's not. They need somebody like me who's
1: got a third eye. Well, <laughs> What you do, what you do is you say, okay, folks, you can't throw the kid out. Right. And that screens a lot of people out. They say, I can't. Well, I don't want to be involved in this. Okay, goodbye. But when like what you were saying before, Mm -hmm. don't throw the kid out. Yeah. It's crazy. That's a game changer. A lot of people say, well, yeah, but I thought foster parents could let the kid go if, if the kid is misbehaving. And if the answer is no, you can't. You know, right. that screens a lot of people out. Yes, it does help because <laughs> if if you're the chief cook and bottle washer, not everybody wants to do that. But the people who do are good at it. Right. Hmm. You know. Wow. Thank you. Like wow. you, like your foster mom.
0: Yes, she was very good. She did, She had over, I don't know, over. She had probably over 15 kids total, probably in our lifetime, probably. Uh, but and I didn't find out till later that her mom died when she was young, and she became like an orphan. Her grandma, her grandfather raised her on
2: okay. a farm.
0: so that's why she was very independent, had her own house very young, mm-hmm. uh, something like 18, something really young, had her own businesses, like okay. very young. So she always wanted to help kids because she knew what that felt like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Very important, very important. Um, so-, so I appreciate you so much. Um, you know, I see here you said uh, on the lower. Se- are you down by the Lower East Side?
1: I am in the Lower East Side. Yep. Oh, you play the
0: guitar? I, I see. I
1: do. Yep. That's a that's a Playing great thing. That keeps me sane. Helps keep <laughs> me sane. My that's family right. keeps me saner, but I right. play the guitar <laughs> for my family, so it kind of works together.
0: Well, we thank you so much for coming on the town. Uh, is there any last a piece of advice you'd like to give the audience um, that how we can help or any, anything? any Or is there a website to go to for Downyside?
1: Downyside.org.
0: Downeyside.
1: D O W N E Y S I D org Got
2: it.
0: Yep. Got it. Okay. I put it there. And I thank you so much um, for taking the time. This has been come- a delight, Tanya. Thank you been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. I didn't play any of my, we usually do sketch study, but I didn't play any because I wanted to talk because I was late getting up. Sorry guys. Uh, but we appreciate you so much and hang out for one moment. as we end, um, thank you guys for watching. I'm trying to see who's up there. Thank you, Norma. I see you up there. Uh, some other people, I can't see who it is, but thank you very much for taking the time to watch. And, um, you, you know, we also have it on podcast. So please make sure you go to YouTube, like, and subscribe. You can watch us on Spotify. Um, and thank you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Hang out for a minute.